Do you not have taste buds? Isn't it really hot? It's quite hot. <clears throat> I got taste buds. <clears throat> You're not reacting at all to the heat. Hey everyone, welcome to the Thin Red Vine. This is Mark. This is Dave, and we're back with another side by side. Now, Mark, you've been clamoring for love another, the side by side. Another food side by side. Ever since the big success. Our claim to fame, you might say, of Tombstone yeah. slash slash Tombstone. You've been like, when can we do another one where there's food involved? You got yes. food on the mind, and you're always a little disappointed when my ideas don't include food. <laughs> so we did it again. This week, we're going to talk about Triangle of Sadness. Um, and though this episode will come out after the Oscars because of our own scheduling, we're recording it before the Oscars. So Correct. To us right now, even though you already know what happens... Triangle of Sadness, the movie we're going to talk about tonight, is a Best Picture nominee. It's a screenplay nominee. Um, what's the third category? Director. Director nominee. Yeah, for Ruben, Ruben. Oslin. Um, so that's why we're interacting with it right now. And um, if you watched the Oscars last week, then you might have been curious about it, too. And you want to hear more about that strange, obscure movie that was on that list of oh, Best after we talk about it, you're going to want to watch that it. That Woody Harrelson is in. What's he doing there? Uh, anyway, you might be curious about it. So we're talking about it now. It's sort of in advance, knowing that it's going to come out later. Right. But we're like, OK, Triangle of Sadness, Triangle yeah. of Sadness. This what is a great idea. We were trying to had. think of other shapes, you know, because we're simpletons. <laughs> <laughs> so we're like, what's another, what's another thing with a shape name? Yeah, you know that'll that'll be funny. And uh, <laughs> for a second, I thought uh, the Will Smith movie Pursuit of Happiness would be funny because oh, yeah. it was like Triangle of Sadness, Pursuit of Happiness, sort of a. But then we're like, that means titling. we'll have to watch Pursuit of Happiness. And <laughs> right. I was like, uh... watching Pursuit of Happiness. So instead, um, we the idea I was thinking triangles, right? Triangles on the brain, and I was like, you know, we're a triangle shaped. Uh, little chip called a Dorito. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and not just any particular Dorito, but as many as we could get our hands on. So in front of us right now, we have six varieties of Dorito. We've already been munching on them. Yeah. Um, some more exciting than others. Some more exciting to <laughs> us than others. And this is certainly not an exhaustive collection of Dorito no. flavors. We know for sure there's a barbecue one out there that we yeah. didn't get our hands on. There's also, I think, a chi- chili limon. It's like chi- yeah, a chili lime. Yeah, it's like yeah. in a bright green bag. We yeah. didn't get that one. Um, unfortunately, the 3D Dorito of the of the new millennium is <laughs> right. no longer available, or else right. surely we would have that. So what we do have here is a nacho cheese Dorito, the old standard, uh, a Cool Ranch Dorito, a spicy nacho, a flaming hot Cool Ranch, <laughs> a spicy sweet chili. That's yep. the one in the purple, purple bag. bag. And then we have something you brought along, which which you're very excited about, the taco flavor, which has kind of a retro bag. Yeah, I love the taco Dorito. Um, and so we have six flavors. And what what we're going to do, and this is just other triangles, we're going to eat Doritos, like, you idiots, what are you doing? It's We're going to, we already have sampled them, but we're going to decide which one we will earn the title, the triangle of sadness. <laughs> of all these flavors, which one essentially is the worst? Which, which one, one are, is, would we, we probably not <laughs> buy another bag which of? Which one do we find the most disappointing, the most lackluster, right. the most sad? It right. will be named from here on out to us the triangle of sadness. Right. And then we'll get into talking about the movie. So yeah. um, you told me you had some Dorito facts prepared. Yes, let me drop some Dorito knowledge on you. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> so Doritos means in Spanish. Get out of here. <laughs> Little gold things. 
Uh, it's, <laughs> it was For actually, the record, I've in fact checked any of this. So, <laughs> so oh, whatever he it says. It was a credible website. Uh, little Golden Things in Spanish. So they were invented in Disneyland by a gentleman named Arch West. Get out of town. So they were apparently at Disneyland. This is like 1960s, um, 65, 66, I guess. Yeah. <clears throat> They're using tortillas, you know, like, like for you do. tacos or burritos or whatever. Stale ones they would toss. Sure. This uh, someone there was like not this not Arch West. I guess he was like an executive. But some guy would uh, who was make cooking there, uh, one of their uh, you know places you eat at Disneyland, <clears throat> said let's not throw out the stale ones. Let's let's fry them. So you're talking about tortilla chips in general, not Doritos. Well, th- this is what was going to become the Dorito. I mean, the way you're talking about it, you're like you're inventing tortilla chips. No, 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 not inventing tortilla chips. They were okay. just like, let's use them to make chips. Okay. And then they wanted to kind of make it their own chip and then later develop the name Doritos. And when they first started, they were just really a tortilla chip, like uh, oh. Tostitos chip. It was just salt. It was just plain. There was yeah. no nacho cheese yet. I, th- sure. I think that was, they started selling nationally, and I have a note, 1966. But you mentioned the flavors we have in front of us. Yeah. So you might have to fact check this because it's a staggering statistic, what I'm about to say here. Lay it on Apparently, me. there's over 100 no. flavors. No. Two of these that stood out to me were the late night cheeseburger flavor. Ugh, barf. And apparently Mountain Dew flavor. I mean, that makes sense. That makes sense. Knowing but their I was target like, audience. That's but... kind of wild. Um, so, um, and here, here, here's something else I found. Um, this is kind of like my last interesting statistic here, uh, or stat or fact, whatever you want to call it. Um, let's say Dave, you're, you're out camping. Okay. Sure. And you're like, I don't have any, uh, I don't, I, you know, I don't have any kindling or anything. Apparently Doritos no. can be used <laughs> to start a campfire. Yeah. What? I know. I don't know. Like, like the whatever, I guess the oils in them can. So help like burn. probably like any greasy, greasy snack. I chip. don't know, Dave. You're saying Doritos <laughs> specifically have I been so. engineered to be. I'm a saying fire the flaming hot Dorito. You throw that first in the first. They should fire. put that. They should put that on the bag. If that's <laughs> you if can that's start true. a fire. Right, right. It can can start fires. Right, yeah, and it'd then be, kids it'd everywhere. Be an essential doing for every camping trip. I, so I was actually like, I didn't know anything about Doritos. Learned a lot. You sound pleasantly surprised. I was. I, Those I, are I some was, fun, fa- as far as facts go. Pretty some fun facts. Pretty fun facts. I think so. Now, um, yeah. in terms of deciding a triangle of sadness here, we've eaten all these now. And there's yeah. some, I think we can rule out that are we all know are good as far as Doritos go. And they're not a contender you, for triangle of sadness. Can I ask you a quick sadness. question? Do you have a favorite before we get into our least favorite? Of what we have. No, I'm a I'm an equal opportunity Dorito eater. But what I mean is between the two, what I think of as the two normal flavors, the nacho cheese and the Cool Ranch. Yeah, those are, I think are the two most popular. Those are the two that are ubiquitous, and yeah. they are, they are like the, you know, they're nacho cheese people and they're Cool yeah. Ranch people. I like both of those chips, and I would not be upset to have either of them right. in front of me at any time. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's how I feel about. But once you get into like the variant flavors or the limited time flavors yep. or basically any other thing than those two, I am very skeptical okay. that it's going to be, you know, certainly it's not going to be as good as those two. I guess that's how I feel. I'm like, they perfected it. They have two great varieties. Yep. They speak to different, uh, you know, cravings. Sure. Why do we need a third? Does there need to be? So, well, I guess that's what I'm getting at is. I feel like every... Ch- 
Chip and Cheeto out there in the world. Yeah. They're doing something different. Every time I go down the grocery store aisle, there's sure. a new bag popping up. You know, even what? Did no, I, I understand it as a marketing ploy. Yeah, like, yeah. Put a new one out there. Put a bright new color on it. Make right. people buy it again, and thus get them back in the Dorito buying habit. I understand why. That's why there's a thousand different Oreos. Right. It's not because Oreos aren't great already. <laughs> it's because they're just trying to give you an excuse get, to get to more get, Oreo to get back into the Oreo. Habit. You're right. Okay. So I get it. I'm just saying, as far as a, fl- it's like you know the Reese's peanut butter cup. Do we need new varieties of that every year? <laughs> no. no. It, yeah. They they perfected it, but yeah. it's as a marketing strategy. Okay. They're like, we gotta keep. We gotta keep. So in saying you don't have a favorite, your favorites yeah. are Cool Ranch and the, the 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 originals. Yeah, which is what I'm saying. I think I feel like right out of the gate we can rule them out yeah. from Triangle of Sadness right. uh, winner because they are. We know they're fine yeah. and they're they're good. They're so for me though. Those two, yeah, and specifically, I guess if you said, Mark, what's your favorite? Yeah, Cool Ranch, I think is my go-to. Yeah, but love the nacho and, and I feel like I might have introduced this to you tonight. The taco yeah, I've never burrito. had the taco. You you sung its yeah. praises before I even tried it. I keep so wanting to put agree, that in my head. Start eating chips. They're right like, here. That, that might not go a... for it. Just don't crunch too loudly into the microphone. Right. Be a little bit. I may or may not be experience. eating. A... I might Taco just be right careful. Now. I might just go silent and let let them <laughs> listen to you eat. Um, so no Cool Ranch and no Nacho Cheese winning. So that leaves us with four options for the, the title of Triangle of Sadness. We Correct. have the Spicy Nacho, oh, yeah. which if we're just going to describe them a little bit, the Spicy Nacho is basically the Nacho Cheese flavor. This is my experience anyway. Little kick. Jump in if you if you disagree. It's the nacho cheese flavor, just a little spicy. Correct. Spicy nacho. Right. <laughs> it's, it is what right. it says it is. The bag has a little more red. A little, it's a not really darker. a new flavor. It's just like a very slight variation of the nacho cheese. Correct. Which is sort of similar to the flaming hot Cool Ranch because when you first put it in your mouth, it does taste like a Cool Ranch Dorito, for just a for second. a second, until <laughs> until the flaming hot kicks in. Right, that like mouth napalm effect yeah. that just kind of rolls over everything and becomes all yeah. you can and taste. And you had we were kind of eating these yeah. before we started rolling, and Dave had a a bigger reaction to the spicy nacho and the flaming hot. Yeah, one, so. I like spicy food, but these okay. both these both surprised me with how spicy they are. Okay. Obviously, the flaming hot is spicier than the spicy nacho, but. I I would call them both spicy. They're not playing around. No. And you you were stone faced the whole time. Well, like I was a, just you're like a machine. I was I had a lot to process. Terminator. Like, term, Terminator. <laughs> Over there. Yeah. So the flaming hot Cool Ranch is like Cool Ranch, but the flaming and it's the same flaming hot flavor. I assume that the flaming hot Cheetos <laughs> are all the other Frito Lay flaming hot things. Right. I think yeah, flaming Frito-Lay. hot that branding kind of means the same flavor. <laughs> yeah. We put our flaming hot powder on it. That that iridescent red stuff that probably is right. not good yeah we did not we didn't take the time to read all the ingredients probably is extra flammable yeah <laughs> um so that's those are two and then the two others like you said one is taco how would you describe the taco flavor um as it's as its biggest it supporter does, it has like that uh which i feel like i'm just saying the obvious but when you, if you're making tacos at home or you get yeah. the taco kit you yep. know, that, that taco seasoning, I feel, is present there. Yeah, if you had that Ortega taco yeah, yeah. seasoning packet or yep. your old El Paso taco, the taco seasoning Bell packet, packet, or if you're, if you're living large on, right. on Brand Name Mountain, you got the Taco Bell seasoning <laughs> packet. But it tastes like taco seasoning, basically. Yeah. Not, not 
crazy, but it's it's no. there. I would describe it as kind of a muted flavor too. Yeah. It's like it's not really a punch in the face flavor. No. It's more of like a a lower register. Yeah, it's earthy, nice. almost earthy. You might say earthy. It's nice. It's a nice one. <laughs> it's nice. That's how Mark would describe <laughs> it. It's nice. I like talking. And then last up, we have the spicy sweet chili. This one's in a bright purple bag. Yeah. Um, and it's I have a hard time describing yeah. this flavor. It's kind of tart. It's kind of like it is aggressive. There's, of all the other flavors, there it's is the, the most, sweet there. There's a bit of a sweetness to it. It's yeah. almost sour. It's it's like very acidic. I don't. It's the name doesn't match up with the flavor to me. Spicy sweet chili. Right. Because I like I like chilies and spicy food and and like even like a sweet chili sauce at like a yeah. Asian restaurant or a. Mexican restaurant, but that's not. That I'm fine not really with that what name. I, it, okay, it doesn't. I don't feel like it tastes like that to me. It, it's, mm. it is a specific flavor. It's very tart. Yeah. Um, okay. It's, do we want to eliminate? Or do we want another one, okay. or we just want to get into it? I feel like spicy nacho because it's, it's so nacho. similar to nacho cheese. That's not going to be the triangle of sadness. No. Come on. No. It's it, it's just it's like good. Yeah. It's if you like the nacho right. and you like a little bit more spicy, that's right. fine. So that takes us down to three. Now I know you're a big taco fan, so that you're is not going to you're not going to call that the triangle. I mean, do we have to agree? I guess we could both crown a triangle of sadness. True, It'd be better I, if we agreed. Yeah, for the for the sake of the show. <laughs> for, as a, as an authority, we are a unit as yeah. opposed to. Two well, we agree people. on it. That's why I wonder if. Well, do we have the thin red line Oscar picks? That's another conversation. <laughs> so the <laughs> well, actually, we already had I, that. I frankly, I'm not that crazy about the taco flavor. Okay, I don't think I would ever reach for that okay. now that I've had it. All right, but I respect. The question is, I respect that is you there like something it. else. You would reach for less, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> and that's what it comes down to. Of the other two, there is one I would, I would. Okay, I think is even more sad. So I um, it's sneaking by for me by by you know by default just because okay. there's something I'd like less. And I know you like it, so I'm pretty sure that means taco is not going to be Taco is going to be safe. Right. Okay. So now we're so left with flaming Hot Cool Ranch. Yep. And Spicy Sweet Chili. And again, the, of just what we have, there could be another Dorito out of there course. that's sadder. From, from what I understand, there's yeah. 94 other varieties of Dorito. <laughs> we, only, right. we only have six. That was some quick math, kids. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You'll recall like from, the the, from the Ninja Turtles uh, <laughs> conversation last time, I'm good with the quick. <laughs> like a month ago. If you need me to add and subtract anything less than 10, Years. Man, I do that so fast. Boom. <laughs> okay, so um, what, are we, what are we saying here? I, I My triangle of sadness Dorito for me... Yeah. Would be the spicy sweet chili. I'm with you. Are you? <laughs> yeah, it's so sad. I'm going to have another one right now just to confirm. Yeah. Okay. I'll, you keep I'll talking. Let you do that. So let me talk about the Flamin' Hot while you're crunching. The Flamin' Hot is the Flaming Hot experience. It also tastes like a Cool Ranch Dorito, which is a good thing. We already we already identified that that's a good thing. So yeah, yeah it's if Flamin' Hot, if you don't good. like the Flaming Hot, like extreme spicy thing, then you already know that about yourself. Right. And you would never get it for that reason. You, but know, if, you know it would lose. But if you're okay for, with the Flaming Hot thing every once in a while as like a specialty or like a party snack yeah. or a specialty option, I think you'd like that fine. Yeah. And it's not like a bad flavor. You know, it's Cool Ranch right. plus the spiciness. So it's not really that offensive. Where the spicy sweet chili thing, I have a hard time imagining eating a whole bag of those. Or oh, like man. having that around for days and days and like making my way through it. It would feel like... Like, man, I wish these were a different kind of Dorito. I feel like Luke. <laughs> so, Luke, if you're listening, I felt like he really liked the your, spicy your sweet son, chili. Your yeah. son, Luke. My you're, son. You're throwing him under the bus. You're saying he likes sadness. I'm not he likes him to under be the bus. sad. I'm just, 
He's a very sad child who <laughs> likes to sit in the corner and eat spicy sweet chili Doritos. Right. I, actually, I haven't seen him showing up. Maybe he, it was like a he, thing he and they, out of he's it. passed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it, was a, it was a immature phase, <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and he progressed past it. And he's passed it now. Yeah. What would you say about this? It's, Let's say uh, I don't like it. I took the Cool Ranch. Yep. The flaming hot Cool Ranch. Yep. Emptied him in the same bowl, shook it up, put it on a table. Here's the reason I'm okay with that. <laughs> It's because the flaming hot ones are bright red, and you could you would know which one you're getting. Okay, and so you could grab one spicy one just you know just for the thrill, <laughs> and then you could have a few Cool Ranch, and the flavor would be pretty consistent because they are the same. They are the same flavor. Right now, Mark's looking at me. He's got a couple stacked. He's got a bright red one and a normal uh, yellow. Cool so ranch. this is if you combine <laughs> if you combine the flaming hot Cool Ranch yeah. with just Cool Ranch. I'm wondering if that'll offset the heat. Here we go. My assumption is the heat is so extreme that that flavor is so strong that it's going to overwhelm the other, the other chip. So far, I'm okay. Ooh, ooh. Yeah, that's right. Heat's creeping. Got a little flaming Heat's hot. Heat's creeping. Dave might be right. So uh, it's official. The Thin Red Vine <laughs> Triangle of Sadness is the Doritos Spicy Sweet Chili. Yeah. So stay away from that purple bag, folks, if you know what's good yeah. for you. <laughs> that's so If you think there's so another hard. Dorito out there. That's where yeah, we'd be happy to do a little redux, right. bring this back. Um, we'll we'll bring the spicy sweet chili. We'll yep. put it next to a new one, and maybe we'll just update this on a regular basis. Yep. The triangle of sadness. If there's a worse Dorito flavor, <laughs> we'll just we'll just be the official source for the worst Dorito flavor. Right. If you send it to right us, now, we'll try it <laughs> and let you know. Right now, worse than- it's. Spicy sweet chili. Spicy sweet chili. Yeah, but if it's you think just, there's a worse one, let us know. And I'm, I'm gonna, I will say this. I'll stick up for it a little bit. It's not awful. I don't like, but it's not. I would prefer all these other ones. And like you said, like a couple is plenty. The the whole bag. But that's and we have small bags but, here. Dude, imagine what a disaster that is for a chip. You know, if you think of a chip that you like, it's hard. It's hard to put the bag down. I know. That's and you're true. saying I could eat a couple of these and I'm done. I that's know. that's a death. I'm, I'm basically saying I'm not going to buy it. But I was just <laughs> right. saying I was just trying to stick up for it. I There's felt no bad. reason to. I felt we're, bad. We for stuck it. up for all these other flavors. You don't you're need right. to. We're calling it the Triangle of Sadness. You don't need to. You don't need to try to make it sound nicer. All right. Me. The whole point okay. is to uh, to be sad. Is to slam one of them. It's to slam it. Consider it slammed. Boom. So we watched uh, this week Triangle of Sadness. Yeah. What a <laughs> the segue. Movie. The movie. What a side by side. Which and I didn't know what the um, title referred to. I remember when yeah. I first saw it in the nominations list, I'd even mm-hmm. never heard of this movie. Yeah, and I was like Triangle of Sadness. What's that all about? Yeah, I watched the trailer. I'm like, Oh, Woody Harrelson. That's a real thing. That kind of thing. And so then in the um, in the first like ninety seconds or a couple minutes of the movie, yep. you get the title kind of explained. Yeah. And because we open on some male models, some yep. young young men apparently in line on an audition of some kind. Yeah. And there's some kind of fashion interviewer bopping mm-hmm. between them asking them pretty annoying questions like right. he seems like he seems like a piece of work this interviewer and then they kind of shuffle like a team in, of them yeah and one of them goes into the audition and they seem to like him and he's he's like doing the walk he's making some faces they're doing the thing they're kind of sizing him up and then at one point one of the audition runners at the top front of the table yeah <laughs> just says like you know, can you relax? Um, yeah, can you relax your triangle of sadness yeah. or something, something to that effect? Yeah. So um, it's this. He's referring to the space between yeah, your just, eyebrows yeah, and the gestures, bridge of your nose. He gestures at the space between your eyes, 
when right. he says it to the Molly's. Like, that's can you triangle. relax your triangle of sadness? I'm drawing it for Dave. Am I? You're saying you look that? That's a real. That's that a, real is a real facial like, term. Feature? Yeah, I'd never that heard that before. Yeah. I hadn't either. But that's the only mention of the title in the movies. Just in those first couple right. of minutes, somebody said he somebody says that. And yeah. the model I, I ends up being either. one of the main characters of the movie, but yeah. um, that that is the namesake yeah. of the movie. Yeah, um, if you have not seen the trailer or even heard of it, like the like, and you're just looking it up or whatever. Yeah, it's like the premise is relatively simple. Yeah, like a, so it's like this two uh, fashion models, right? A guy and a girl, Carl and Yaya. Carl right? and Yaya, and they're a couple, and they kind of win. You do you kind of see their relationship a little bit, but they apparently won uh, a trip on a, a cruise, a yacht, a very for very like wealthy and elite yeah. people. And they got it because she's she's an influencer. And in the way you might yeah. have heard about like people, all these Instagram models and other people, yeah. they just like get free influencer. hotel rooms. They get yep. free other things on the assumption that they're them advertising it in their she's social gonna media. She's going to post pictures of herself. going to make money for whatever. Right. You know, you've, you've heard of this business model before. Right. And then, uh, right. Yeah. And then it, um, it takes a turn. Yeah. <laughs> well, it turns out it's like a luxury, a real luxury experience. So yeah. they're on this boat with these uber wealthy people. And being in such like rarefied air right. of like all these like really eccentric, wealthy people right. mixed in with this crew that apparently is willing to do anything to to appease the wants and needs right. of these funny people. It's when they're just getting all a, hyped up. It's just an absurd setting. And I think it's it's best described as a satire, I would say. Oh yeah, for sure. Um it's like it's not like Black Joke, comedy. It's not, yeah, it's not jokey, it, but I would call it a comedy of There's sorts. There's some funny moments, though. Very funny moments. Well, it's moments. even funny, like, even as you're wa- you watching the, like you were mentioning, even the male models at the very beginning. Like, the whole premise of having to audition <laughs> right. to be basically, you know, looked at is already stupid. And that the fact that you're subjecting this guy to, like, all these little things you have to do. You're already like, this is so, this is, I mean, it's just part of what that business is, but you're just like shaking your head at it. So. Yeah. And I think the, the kind of through line, I guess, is that, is that all of these people are very shallow in one way or another. Like the wealthy people are very shallow in that they think their money can solve all these problems and they think they're very wise just because they're rich, even right. though their wealth has usually, as the movie would tell it, is an indicator that they are like horrible people, not that they're really great people. Right, yeah. <laughs> so, but then, but then the models, like this Yaya and Carl are like young people. They're models. They are seemingly like they, their whole business that they're in, not that they are, they're not the worst people in the movie in terms of their, right. I, they're sort of our grounding right. point of view people for a while anyway. Well, I think but that, they're like yeah. they're participating in this world that only values their looks and it's like it's, it's shallow in its own way. Right. It's not that they're wealthy and and but they they almost they aspire to be wealthy. Like they right. aspi- like the early scene in the movie is like them kind of fighting over money basically. And then they end up in this place where like money is money is like a plaything to these Right. People. Oh yeah. They're on the ship with and it's it's so that contrast is really Funny and interesting. Oh, yeah. But you're right. That's a good way to sum it up. Like, young people kind of win a trip. I mean, win is, if they didn't win it, they kind of, like, uh, they kind of gamed their way into it correct. using their, their, really whatever. her. Yeah. Yeah. Her, and her it's, uh, early on established, she is, uh, her modeling career is like taking off, and his isn't, he's 
doing it, but maybe not as successful. Yeah, and it's established right at the beginning of that opening conversation with the interviewer. Right. We talked about this with our Tar episode about how it opened with an interview segment oh, that right. let them do a lot of expository dialogue. Call back to talk. A similar thing here where like this interviewer gets to just like talk about male modeling or modeling right. in general. And it kind of gives you a backdrop for Carl right. and his situation. Like, cause he, the interviewer says, it's on one of the first lines of the movie, like, Oh, how do you feel that? Like you only make one quarter of what women make right, yeah. doing this, you know? And it's like, so it's a way of just shouting out a bunch of facts. Um, I, I found him kind of, cringy and annoying that interviewer guy i didn't uh, like i, d- I didn't right, I like it as, as intentional, intentional. Yeah, right yeah, right yeah. but um i, Not, was I like, mean you Ugh. loved the guy who interviewed lydia tar so <laughs> he had that's there, true it was hard it's true adam gavnik yeah yeah but an, the other thing to know about the movie is that structurally it's interesting it's kind of like a triptych it's kind of like th- it's a three-part movie and like yep. the parts come up on screen it says yep. like part one so part one is carl and yaya and then part two is the yacht, like, and then there's a third part. So the whole movie is kind of sectioned into these yep. three parts. And so in, it's a kind of a big setting change with each right. one. They really do feel like chapters. Yep. It's, it, and it's kind of a big leap from, say, part yeah. one to part two. Yep. And you and have to kind of figure even though out where we are. Most movies don't have your title cards marking your chapters yeah. or your acts. Right. Most scripts or most talk in Hollywood, if they're you're sitting around or you're breaking down a movie you're going to work on. Most of them will talk about them like having like this three act structure. Right. So it might not be even per page count or whatever, but pretty typical. Yeah. The first act being like your introduction to the situation, the conflict, get things going. The second act being like the quieter act where things start kind of, kind of percolating, building up. And then the, the third act being where things hit the fan basically. Um, and they, but I do, I do like how they had it in uh, labeled as segments, and it was, it felt like three distinct like set pieces as well, for the most part. Yeah, certainly three different locations. For for the, you might be wondering, like, because this is a movie that stars, as far as I can tell, and from what I know, like, n- no big name actors Other separate from right. Woody, Woody Harrelson, who you'll see in the trailer, and you might think like, oh, it's a Woody Harrelson movie. Well, not really. Like he's he's, he's in, in it. The, he's in part two. Correct. And um. And he's good. And he's good. He's and he's and he's like not. It takes him a while to get on screen because like <laughs> well, that's they part just, of the stick. That's part of his situation. He's like this kind of yeah, uh, this ambivalent captain. I think you can he's say, just, yeah, he he's the boat captain. He's the captain. You see him in the trailer in his uniform. Like he's just, captain's dinner. He's on this boat full of these rich people, and he's like the only one who sees through it all. He's right. like this is all a this is all a joke. <laughs> yeah, where everyone is... else is like catering to these people as much as right. they're bending over backwards to help them, and it's right. they really want them to feel important. And he just like it's interesting because when you introduce to him, you think he's the most out of it. Like he's the most irresponsible. He's the yeah, most for sure. Like he's, he's, he's the problem. But then you yeah. realize the more you're around the rich people, you're like, he's the only one who's seeing this clearly. <laughs> like he's Correct. the only one who's not putting up with yeah, maybe this, little, all the shtick. Everyone else everyone, might be a little delusional everyone else does. in terms of it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so as, as we said at the top of the show, um, the Oscars haven't happened yet. We are recording this ahead of schedule just because of our schedules. And um, so this is up for Best Picture. It's up um, for Best Director and Screenplay. And Ruben Oslin wrote it and directed it. I would say it was not everyone was anticipating uh, him getting a uh, Best Director nom. I think they thought probably Screenplay and maybe Picture and got all three of those. Um, of those three, I, I 
do not think it has a, a chance at all to win Best Picture. Uh, right. I, you know, you know what we don't know. Yeah, exactly. This, this is it is. We're doing like we're a Minority Report or something here, pre crime. <laughs> minority Report. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, I don't. I think, would be surprised. Right, screenplay. I'd be shocked actually I, to find yeah, it won any it, of these. I guess uh, that could happen. But um, anyway, I guess um, well, let's break it down because. We, we did have this conversation, too, and I was saying, you know, after the Oscars, you're more aware of certain movies. Now, do people, just because you're aware of other movies that were even nominated, do you go see these things, or do you only go seek out the winners? Yeah, my pitch was, I think people go seek out the winners, and specifically, I think they seek out the best picture winner. Yeah. And I don't think... Most think, I'm talking about most people. I don't think anyone goes and seeks out, you know, oh, this person won best original screenplay. Like I gotta go find that movie. Right. Like I don't I don't really buy that. I no. think there are people who will hear best picture of the year and yep. they will go watch it because they're like, Well, they said it was the best one, you know, and they'll okay. go find it and they'll watch that. Right. Well, that's my that's my sense of okay. Well, we'll we'll see what happens. We're gonna get into it here, and maybe. I we'll... mean, for all we know, we like Triangle Sadness won Best Picture, oh. and we're sitting here like idiots, saying like this movie has got no chance. I can't believe um, it. Do- it doesn't have a chance <laughs> <laughs> to win Best Picture. All right, uh, so. Um, should we just get, I mean, the, what we kind of then do is, or what we've done before, like with Tar and other movies, Black Adam, if you will, um, kind of give our pros and cons of it. I have not talked to Dave at all about this movie um, or, or have a, a sense of where he landed on it. We yeah. have also um, added to our 2022 uh, list of the movies we have seen. Um, and so this is definitely um, one of them. Um, and so... Um, I feel like that has just uh, that uh, the, our list, I guess, has grown from. Even though I don't, I didn't do an official count on it. I think when we made our top fives, whatever, I was maybe like at fourteen. Yeah, maybe being in that. And middle, now I think we're close teens. to like twenty. Um, did see some of these others, but I feel like that I'm anticipating will have come out on the Oscar prediction show, and so where we we might get into that a little more. Sure. But, um, updating those lists. Yep. So, do you want to do some pr- pros of the movie, cons, and yeah. then give our give the recommendation to the yeah folks. sure let me i'll start with one thing that i think you'd be hard pressed to miss when you watch this movie or if you're like me anyway i'm always like this is partly why the side by side thing kind of works so well for us because i think this is just how my brain works like i just i just connect things and so when i watch this movie it's hard for me not to connect it to other movies like it's hard it's hard not to watch the opening scene where you got these room full of male models and it's got, and it's hard not, oh. it's hard not to Go think ahead and of say it. Zoolander. Oh yeah. I was thinking the same and thing. And it's a similar, and it's not just a surface level comparison either. I think it's like a, you know, it's, it's similar in that the whole joke of Zoolander is that they're so not self-aware, no. right? Is that, they, <laughs> that they're so, they're so, they're so deep, into it. They're so deep into it that, that they don't realize everyone is laughing. At oh, them. that could have been a good side by side right. too, I guess. Yeah. Right. Um, and I think that is at the heart of this movie too. Like as it goes on, not about the male models so much because that really is only an introductory scene to introduce you to Carl and his right. whole situation. Right. The movie isn't about male modeling. No. But it is about these wealthy people and how they interact with other people and how right. they think about the world and and what they do in different situations. But really does highlight how absurd their lives are and their way of in the movie, as far as the movie is concerned, anyway, how, how absurd it is to be wealthy and to act this way and to be so 
clueless about how other people might experience you right <laughs> yeah th- what they might think about you right to be so self-involved that you just don't see the world around you yeah. so it does have that in common with the zoolander and that is a source of i feel like a lot of the comedy is just the absurdity of how these wealthy folks on this yacht are acting and thinking right, yeah. and talking and it's like don't you realize what you sound like and right. they don't right no, that's that's they're the one percent so it is it is like zoolander in that way and that's very misleading because the movie's not at all like zoolander no. <laughs> like it's, zoolander is like an intentionally dumb over the comedy top, yeah. it's silly and that's where it's humor lies this isn't at all silly in that way and it's not it's funny because they're playing it so serious right it's a very black comedy yep. in in like sort of watching this the the tragedy of it all spill spill over um so i thought of zoolander i also it was hard for me not to think about um the life aquatic the wes anderson movie oh okay because we're on that. a boat and there's a crew and all the crew are wearing the same uniforms right and there's that kind of superficial similarity but then as the movie goes on i noticed and this is especially true of like the second half maybe even the part three of the movie there's a lot of like wes anderson-y camera things there's like all of a sudden we get like master shots that i'm like oh wes anderson would do that he'd pull really far back and show me that that important thing from far away and see that in in miniature in the background or he would he would do that horizontal pan to whip around 180 degrees left to right Right. and show me this thing that just came up on that side of of the whatever's going on the so, boat would have been way more meticulously laid out <laughs> right no no it has none of that cartoony quality right. of a wes anderson set or any of its color or any of that right. thing i'm just saying like some of the visual and it was it was here or there it's not like the whole movie feels not at all it doesn't feel yeah. like a wes anderson movie but they're little little hits yeah and especially with the life aquatic in mind I mean, that's like a very seafaring uh movie yeah, so this this uh Owen Wilson too. again, two Owen Wilson movies there. Um, you know, I, I don't mind the guy side by side. <laughs> Owen Wilson. The other thing I thought a lot of, and I don't think you've seen this because I know how you feel about TV. Um, <laughs> hate TV. The man doesn't watch TV. Um, I watch TV. Is it an hour long drama? You haven't seen it. That's yeah. we can cut to the chase. But a very popular show in the last couple of years, and especially this last year, I think it really caught oh, on a lot of people say. is White Lotus. Mm-hmm. On yeah, HBO. I heard this, com- this compared to White Lotus and, constantly. And I think th- there's a lot of thematic overlap because like sort of the in the way that White Lotus is a satire of like these very wealthy people and how they get on in the world and especially how they treat service workers like that's oh. that's a running theme in the White Lotus in season one and season two is just how these people interact with the people who, you know, are just paid to say yes to them, <laughs> essentially. There's a lot of lot of introspection about that in this movie, like how, because because the boat is also full of staff whose right. job it is to to do even if it's absurd, do whatever right. the people want. Yeah, and um, it's so it has tip. a lot of there's a lot of thematic and and sort of plot point overlap with yeah. a show like White Lotus. So, <clears throat> so anyway, the, there's a lot of good these reference things, Are those points. things you like about the movie, or you're just well, saying those? I think I all those things helped me appreciate what I think this movie was trying to do, and Ooh. so I felt like it was sort of like 
it was sort of like having like an annotated bibliography for the movie, you know, like like a like a reading list to go along with the movie that I feel like did inform my experience oh, okay. of the movie. So I'm not saying you can't watch this movie if you haven't seen Zoolander or something, but I think if you have seen Zoolander, you you appreciate that layer yeah. to it. And I I I'm I don't starting to wonder if, if Dave has anything he liked about the movie. I don't know if Ruben Osland is like is like if he's ever seen Zoolander or if this, this is this just a coincidence? But right. But I don't just, know how. Yeah, me, where it's, he's it's connected. He's definitely made some other movies uh, that I haven't seen, um, but I don't know where he is in the hierarchy of directing. The directing world is was Wes Anderson influenced by him or vice versa? I don't know. Sure. Uh, if that is even the case. So what's, I don't. What's something you like about the movie? Okay, so I'm gonna champion that it was nominated for best original screenplay. Sure. I feel like that was a good call um, because I feel like for the most part, the script worked for me. It felt like it was believable in, in this yeah. uh, absurd uh, world. One of the, uh, I don't think I'm giving anything away, but I thought it was kind of an interesting point on the boat where Woody Harrelson as the captain and another character named Dimitri go back and forth and they're like one upping each other with like some quotes. Uh, famous quotes by different people, you well, know. Yeah, Woody Harrelson's giving the so famous socialist quotes <laughs> right. because he's he's the American communist. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the Russian is I giving it's kind of a good capitalist quotes, like right. he's quoting Ronald Reagan and all these. Other things. Yeah, <laughs> because, he's, because yeah. So it's like a little funny, like not what you would expect. From right. The two but it is like Dave said, like with this movie, it definitely has this social commentary on, like, um, just assuming, you know, like people if you know wouldn't you want to be rich or wouldn't you want to be rich and beautiful you know like that is sort of like these things we're just like i guess everyone sort of thinks about that or would want that maybe or you know who wouldn't want more money at least yeah um and then um and of course wouldn't you want someone to wait on you all the time you know like these sort of like this in your mind you can really romanticize this idea of like oh i wish i could be on this yacht or whatever um, and then of course what he does is he kind of, you, if you've seen the trailer, know anything at all, and I don't want to give anything away, we're keeping it spoiler free. He does kind of turn it on its head, you know, and basically these, even just from what we've said, you can already pick up on and like, they're so like, these characters are kind of unaware of maybe how they are being perceived or what they are really caught up in and that this is like a very select part of the world that they're operating in. Um, and what about all these people who are kind of waiting on you and serving you and doing all these things for you to give you this ultimate experience, apparently? Um, and then what happens when life shows up and the playing field is kind of leveled for everyone? So, and so all of that, I'm saying, like, I like the script, the three act structure. Yeah. That was a big, the black comedy worked for me. Um, so that would be my first highlight. Yeah, I'll jump in on that too because I I agree. I like the script quite a bit. It's also in that best original screenplay category with Tar, for example. I like this script better than I like Tar's script. I know we went on and on about that screenplay, and yeah, I think I did pin down. You had some knocks at the, on Tar at the end of it all. That I think it is the script that maybe bothered me more than than Kate Blanchett's performance. I think Kate right. Blanchett was great, but but I think the script was like a little clunky to me for being an otherwise great movie. So this movie, I'm like, well, if I'm thinking of other things in this category this year, I this is a better script than Tara to me. I like the parts you're calling out are good. Yeah. Some f also funny lines like they're, 
when uh, Dimitri is like drunk and using the PA. Oh you yeah, know? he's like funny. he's like there's you know he's he's ships like, going he's, down. He stumbles and he stumbles into right the captain's whatever. Uh, the 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 bridge the maybe? bridge yeah. yeah the ship and he's like using the PA system and just shouting things into it and everyone's like freaking yeah. out because he's like the ship is going to but he's also like I sell shit you know he's because yeah. like, he got famous or yeah, he got selling rich fertilizer selling yeah. fertilizer so yeah. he's just yelling into the thing right and then you know Woody Harrelson that's that kind of gets mixed up in that scene with him and the things he's saying are are really funny and um the like even like the I think like Carl and Yaya's yeah. Um, conversations are super well written. Yep. Like they're really, really good. Like whenever you see like a, a young couple fighting, you know, in a movie, you're like, well, this is going to go a pretty right. typical way. But it, it, they're always a little surprising yeah. and a little interesting. And they both like showed a lot more depth than you kind of expected in the moment. Right. You know, this could a lot of those could have been more cliche or a little less interesting, but they're all yeah. really human good conversations that had a lot of good depth of character and were really, I mean, they kind of held your attention. Like they're really, they're really good. Like you cared about both of them and you felt like sympathy for both of them, which I feel like a lot of movies would just make you, you'd either be on Carl's side because he's the point of view character. You'd be on Yaya's side because you're, she's the point of view character. And I did like, um, it was really well rounded. So there's three acts as we said, or like the, where the title cards come up for it. But I, and I liked all three acts, but th- that first one I really did enjoy. Where yeah. you would, you could argue it's not as exciting as the other two. Yeah, it's a lot more grounded. We're just um, with Carl and Yaya. But the conversation before the trip, I don't think we're spoiling anything. They're kind of going back and forth about who's picking up the bill and what was said. Yeah. But for me, I kind of had it in, and uh, Heather watched at least uh, an act and a half of this movie with me. <laughs> but I was, I was explaining the rest of it to her today. Cause I'm like, you're not going to really believe what happened. Maybe she is going to, re- we have it rented <laughs> on iTunes. Maybe she'll finish it. But, um, because I can, whenever we have conversations, like, like I can generally, I like have to kind of revisit the conversation until it's finally resolved. And so like, ca- sure. it's like the conversation, they start at the dinner table. It looks like they let it go. And then it continues like in the elevator and then it continues right. in the room. And then it's, he's still trying to like, so yeah. were you, we're going to pay for the bill, you know, yeah. like kind of like a George Costanza. I was going to say, I wrote that. It's in my notes right oh, here. Is it? That, yeah. that whole bill paying thing, even starting at the dinner table at the restaurant, it's yeah. a very Seinfeldian uh-huh. moment because it's the essentially check? the conflict. And it's like the first thing that happens in the movie is like, they're both sitting at the table. You're kind of introduced that they're, we don't really know their relationship yet. Like, are they dating? They're yeah. clearly together. Kinda as they talk, that. as they yeah. talk, you realize they're in a yeah, she's maybe longer phone. term relationship yep. that has some interesting qualities. Yeah. But um, anyway, like the the server comes and sets the bill down, yeah. and then he this waits is, for to and get he it. Waits and he waits and he waits, <laughs> and then she says, um, "Oh, thanks for getting that, babe," or something like <laughs> right. that. You know, and she and doesn't, even, done she doesn't anything look up yet. from her phone. He doesn't even get it. No. And so then he puts his card down to pay. And then he's, he said, he like, you know, it really, you know, it's, yeah. it really hurts my feelings or whatever. When you just say something like that, like you didn't even look up, you didn't even, right. you didn't even act like you were ever going to pay it. And right. It, it's like this really funny back and forth where he's, it's like one of these things where you're, it's like a social thing that you're not supposed to call out and confront someone right, about. Yeah. And he just does it. And that, I think right. that's why it feels like a sign. Well, and certainly bit. I think the cultural norm is like, right. Oh, the guy's going to pick up the check, you know, yeah, and that's even part though of she his, makes more money. And, right. Yeah. That's part of his argument. And anyway, it just kind of goes and goes, but that's what I mean by the surprisingness of the script is you think 
this is a conversation that's going to go a certain way. Right. But then the kind of bottom always falls out of it. And you're like, oh, there's like another layer to this that complicates it. Like, right. oh, I don't know who side I'm on anymore. And then the bottom falls out again. You're like, oh, no, I don't know right. who side I'm on anymore. And it's a really well-written, yeah. constructed like argument that, right, that takes right. place over dinner in a car ride then, home. And then basically. there's payoffs then in the second act, like where right. they're sitting on the sun deck. Right. And the guy's up there <laughs> taking his shirt off working. Right. And he's horrified again by it, you know. Right, um, right. So, yeah. I, I mean, that. so this kind of dovetails into I I thought my second pro um, is I thought the performances were strong. Now, th- yeah. they don't have anyone nominated um, per the Oscars. Uh, um, the actress, uh, Dolly de Leon, that played Abigail, and she's one of the workers... Uh, on the uh, of the boat yep. on the yacht, um, cleans toilets and whatnot, kind yep. of some janitorial duties. Um, she um, initially was in the conversation for best supporting actress. Oh, I didn't know that for all these other precursor awards, and then okay. sort of. I don't think she showed up at the SAG awards, um, and, it, and of course did not get the Oscar nom for it would have been best supporting actress, and so. Um, other than that, and it felt like most of this cast, it's all, it's a collection of supporting roles, really. I mean, you could sure. argue Carl and, uh, Yaya, cause they, from the beginning, I guess, to the end, they're, cons- it's those two, I guess would say our main two protagonists, if you will, or whatever. Yeah, right. But, um, yeah. So anyways, I want to point that out. Strong performances. That was For my sure. second, uh, pro, um, and, uh, I don't know. Do you, uh, you're yeah, on board with that? I like a lot of like. I'm, I'm I'm on board with that. I also like a lot of the little bits. There's like a lot of physical comedy that's it's subtle. Like even for thinking just that opening scene or their argument, and you're saying you noted how like it just keeps going. Like they start this yeah. fight at the restaurant, oh, I love and then that. it's in the car on the way home, and then it's in the hotel when they just get can't back. let it go. But but one of the funnier moments, like they're in an elevator. Oh yeah, and that's she's a great inside. scene. And he like the elevator doors keep closing and he keeps just stopping it and holding yeah. it open and to keep the argument going, basically. And it's just it's it's like a it's one of those jokes where it's like, OK, you stop and open the door like three times and you're like, OK, that's kind of funny. And then it just keeps going and then like right. door closes completely and then he gets it open again. Yeah. And it's just the kind of thing where it was just relentless. Right. They just like it's like he does that 10 or 12 times, it seems like, while they're fighting. And right. It's, it just makes the scene really um i don't know it just adds tension i think the movie did that really well just like things in the world around what was that what was right. happening that just kind of add to the stress of the moment or the drama of the moment right there's a sound effect thing i noticed where there'd be some kind of abrasive sound in the background whenever they kind of wanted the scene to get kind of anxious like in the car ride on the way home from the hotel there's like this windshield wiper sound that's like oh, very okay. aggressive like oh, it, it, oh, yeah. the point where i was asking kelsey because she watched it too i was like okay. is that supposed to be the windshield wiper because it's like it's ridiculously loud who's the sound guy right in terms <laughs> of like the mix you would think like shouldn't that be like way quieter in the right. mix but i'm like no they're just they're making you uncomfortable because right. we're uncomfortable in this car ride home right. And that happened later, like when you're on the yacht and the, the captain's dinner, everyone's sitting yep. down. There's like a baby wailing in the background. Oh, yeah. And like nothing has really happened yet in terms of like the thing that's kind of brewing and you know is right, about yeah. to hit the fan. But <laughs> but the oh, it hits but the, the fan. baby is like just wailing and wailing. And you're like, it just you just you, it just adds this layer of tension. And then even in that part three, there's another thing like that. So I'm like, there's some very intentional sound 
mixing choices to like yeah. like push these kind of grating sounds into the foreground whenever you wanted to build up um the sort of stress of the moment so just like the elevator it's like this is just a normal uh you know relationship fight right but then we had this elevator thing in where it's like there's this physical force, yeah i thought that was like, great getting in between you and this conversation yeah um just kind of letting the world play into the script that way yeah. i thought was was great. and they um even um other i'm thinking of other characters now too when you you meet some of these other characters on the yacht uh as carl and uh yaya meet them because <clears throat> on one of these deals it feels like it's like a you know um bed and breakfast where you, other people are there and you have shared meals together and some right. you have to kind of sit at interact with other people on this cruise you're right. not going to be best friends with them um, but you end up talking to people and even more so specifically if you're sitting down and you have to have a meal with them. But some of the, in, the characters, uh, the other, like, uh, that you meet and help establish kind of who they are, I also thought was, uh, interesting. And again, as the movie goes on, there are some payoffs with those characters that were established early on, um, and you get to know things about them and then there's callbacks to it and important things about that character that, um, kind of help make make the movie what it is or help push other plot points forward. And so if you notice, we're sort of kind of dodging Act 3 as best as we can. Um, yeah, because it's the kind movie of does like, kind of escalate. Yeah, so, we'll, so we'll just not, not go we'll to what escalates away from to. Act 3. <laughs> yeah. But um, without saying exactly, I one of the things I did like about this, and obviously we can't talk about it directly, but I was okay and did like the ending. Um because I mean, it's it. Dave and I kind of think like it's obvious as to what happens. It doesn't doesn't show you or state it specifically. So there are some conversations out there, but there's also like I do end up liking a movie um, where they do enough things that it still is counting on you as the viewer to sort of piece things together. And it's not like a typical ending. And um, it's even like there's another like funny kind of a funny thing with with what happens and where they actually are. And, um, so anyways, in terms of liking the script, like the performances and, um, act, act as I was saying, act one, uh, maybe my favorite act of the film. Yep. And, I agree. And, um, but I did think it's, it helped do things that made me enjoy act two for sure. And, I and act three, um, by the time we got to the end, I mean, um, well, we'll get, we'll finish up pros here, but then we'll, we'll dip into the cons, um, unless you're ready to go there. I don't know. No, what yeah, I, I got nothing more to add. I, I just want to echo everything you said. I even jotted down in my notes here, like part one, like, and I wrote this down in like the middle of part two. I was like, part one is so important in hindsight yeah. to ground you, to introduce you to these two characters, to give you like what feels more like a real world experience before you kind of get into this bizarre culture of these right. rich people. And I just, I, the more the movie went on, I appreciated the first part more and more. Yeah. And it's, it was good anyway, but it's just, it, as a, as like I said, as this like triptych, the movie is like these three kind of s stories or chapters set side by side. I really do like part one. I yeah. did, did a lot of work for me. I won't say anything, anything at all about the ending just okay. to avoid saying anything. Yeah. I probably I shouldn't said too much. Um, so what, so what, let's do, what didn't work for you didn't work. And then maybe we'll pose it into where, 
Where might Triangle of Sadness land for you right, in 2022? Right, right. So is it is it a nacho cheese movie or is it a spicy oh, sweet chili? Is that how we're gonna rate it? <laughs> From now on, everything will be measured in terms of its Doritos. Equivalent, its equivalent Dorito flavor. Um, if it's a spicy sweet chili, then yeet. let me start with some small things that are not this movie's fault. It's more of an irritation I have with all movies, and I just need to get it off my chest. Camera angles. Can we stop with the? Um, texting sounds and the shutter sounds on cell phones oh. in movies. Nobody, and I, I'm sorry if I'm calling you out. No, if this is true no. about you. I'd leave my. Nobody has off. the texting sounds on on their mm. phone unless you're like totally out of it, right? You're you're like of a generation. Heather, he's not talking to you directly. I'm not talking to Heather directly. <laughs> I'm just saying most people have the the keyboard sounds on their phone turned off. Most people. Most people have the shutter sound for the camera turned off. And I know why they do it in movies, because you're trying to, with audio cues, tell the viewer what's happening. Like if someone is just looking at their phone, you might not necessarily know that they're texting unless you put you lay the keyboard sound in, the tap, 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 tap. Or... Or you don't know that they got a text unless you add the like bloop, the little like I got a text sound in. And it's like a lot of people have those sounds turned off. And I guess it was especially frustrating this movie because I'm like, well, I know everyone doesn't have those sounds turned off. But Yaya and Carl, they have those sounds turned off. Of course. They're like like 20-year-olds or something. They know better. There's no way they have the shutter sound on their camera turned on. And so... It's just a pet peeve. I'm like, I understand That's why we're doing it. That's a spicy, sweet chili right there. I understand why we're doing it, but we need, as a society, right. as a, I'm saying this to all future right. filmmakers, stop doing phone sounds. Stop, stop patronizing the audience. Like they don't understand when somebody's moving their thumbs on a phone that they're typing. I right. think we can act. Trust that your actor can act texting. Here's just a, another take on that. Sounds. I didn't, I didn't even know it. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. Okay. All right. So one, one uh, spicy chili. <laughs> okay. What? What? Uh, any other cons? Oh, I got some cons. Here's oh, the thing okay. that you know from the trailer. So this isn't really a spoiler, but there is um, some vomiting in this movie, like on screen, not like somebody retching in the background, and but like. Somebody looking, you know, right to the side of the camera and then projectile waterfall. I almost can't ha- handle you talking about it. Vomiting while you're munching on Doritos. <laughs> Vom- may just like, or may not be munching Just like Doritos. cartoon, like family guy style, over the top projectile. And there's there's the kind of this thing you see in the trailer, like there's just people in this dining room on the ship. And then as if you watch the movie, you'll know why. But everyone starts vomiting. Seasick. Um, and it's just, a, it's un, I mean, I get it. I get, we're trying to make this seem absurd. We're trying to make the whole scene seem, we're trying to really undercut how yeah. important these people feel like they are and act like they are. It was a callback to, uh, by bringing them down to earth. Lardass like, and stand by me. <laughs> bring, <laughs> Eat the pie contest. Bringing them down to earth. You know, I, yeah. I get why we're doing it like story-wise, like, you know. You know, like how do you how can you take yourself seriously when this is what you look like, or how how can you keep acting like you are while this is happening? That's sort of the joke of the scene. Like right. everyone is acting as if everything's fine when obviously it's not. No, but um, clearly not. I hate, and I know you already agree because I've seen your face and circling oh, on your yeah. page. But I've started to say this: I hate seeing people vomit on screen. 
hate it. And Same. I just feel like it's not really necessary. You can you can like double indemnity style, <laughs> you know. Yeah. We know we both know this movie. Yeah. Um, where they in double indemnity, and I'm I'm I this might be a spoiler, I suppose, but this movie is quite old. Nineteen forty four. They somebody they're in a car and somebody strangles somebody in yeah. a car, but they don't put the camera on the person who's strangling or being strangled. They put right. the camera on the person in the driver's seat, I think, or maybe in the passenger seat. Anyway, they put the car driver's seat on someone else who knows what's going on in the car, but right. but not the thing that's happening. And of course, in the forties, you can't show someone getting strangled on camera. No, you can't. But my argument would be that it is more effective to show the person reacting to somebody getting strangled than it is to show the strangulation. Correct. And I think the same rule applies here. It is mm-hmm. more effective to just it, like have all the sound effects if you right. need them, show people vomit, but I don't need to see right. the incredible volumes of vomit that are and in it, this I guess, movie. and even if you are going to, like it's, just w- once we get it, but I, I do agree with you, too. Like, it's so off-putting. Seeing, it interrupts my enjoyment of the movie. That's yeah. how off-putting it is. I, and I get we're, you, trying to, we're trying to think these people are gross. Like, they want you to think this is all disgusting in a right. different way. So it's Correct. not like it's thematically inappropriate. No. It's just like it's so off-putting that yeah. it's hard to watch. Yeah. I, I, saw, uh, well, I saw Triangle Sadden this week. I also saw Babel. I haven't talked to you about that. <clears throat> yeah. But there's some couple gross things there. Too. Sure. Sure. <laughs> I you wouldn't it. like that. <laughs> um, yeah, that's my my big knock on this was too much vomit. The vomit, right? I would say this. Meter so was Dave off the knows charts. when it comes to like scary movies, I'm a baby. But that's I would right. almost rather watch like a very creepy, scary movie than something that's like just this people vomiting <laughs> on other people or wherever. Like that to me, I can't even. I couldn't even like I was turning my head Ugh, yeah. and it's watching hard. through my feet. Like I sort of was just kind of listening to it, which is awful too. Um, and, and it goes on a little, even so you're going to do it fine, but it goes on maybe longer. And, and again, maybe the director's like, yes, I wanted you to feel exactly sure. how you no, feel I right get now. That. Like, I get that. Yeah. Not even that. Like I'm saying I wanted people to hate it. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, is there anyone making movies hoping you hate it? Um, I mean, just that part for me, like thinking about the movie as a whole, like it's, it's a reason I wouldn't watch it again. Like Same. that's how, like, and we were saying how much we love the first part of the movie, this yeah. grounded, this grounded episode with Carl and Yaya. But like, I would have a hard time knowing that's coming up and like getting ready to enjoy this movie because it's so it's like when I said about tar a few weeks ago, like the script kind of is annoying enough to me that even though I want to watch the movie again for all these cinematic reasons and acting reasons, like I would be kind of annoyed the whole time by this thing. And I feel like that's this in this movie. Like I like so much about the movie, but I, I think that it is tough to get past. I'm not going to lie to you. And you must know it's polarizing when you make that choice. You're like people, some people don't like this, but I guess you're just betting that it's not so off putting that people get up and leave, but it's, it's, it's pretty extreme. It, right, you know, it's 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 the most vomit I've ever seen on screen, hmm. and maybe that says something about me. Maybe no. I'm not watching all the big vomit movies. <laughs> maybe no. Maybe somebody's got a uh, list. Top five vomit scenes. See in Babylon <laughs> and get back to me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, 
Dave, what else? Do you got some others you're rifling through here? I do have more. Do you have anything you want to interrupt me at all? Do you have any? Um, uh... I'm just, I, I confirmed the grossness of uh, th- that scene. And I honestly, I was kind of going, what else did I not like about it? Um, and some of the things I wanted to maybe mention a little bit happened in Act 3. Um, and I feel like we really shouldn't talk yeah. about that. Um, so, um, and, and honestly, I'm in the camp of, oh, and you're probably picking up on this overall, liking the movie, um, to what degree and where does it fall? I'm still kind of processing that, but, um, yeah, overall that, that for me was just such a big con. So yeah. Yeah. Big, big James con. (laughs) Um, so, so let me maybe show my hand then and get to my final, my final yeah. negative things on that side of the ledger like i i think at its heart i like what this movie was trying to do up to a point mm-hmm. and i think the challenge of a movie like this um you know it's this movie about the super wealthy it's this movie it's like a sort of social commentary on certain kinds of people in society at large and what we value you know what what do we consider valuable to you know what who deserves to be the people in charge, the people who we give deference to, all this stuff. And I think the challenge for a movie like this inherently, a movie where you have a scene with Woody Harrelson and uh, a Russian, uh, you know, oligarch, <laughs> like, right, yeah. like trading barbs about socialism and capitalism, the challenge is for it to not to feel preachy at the end of the day. Like you don't want it to feel like, at, at the end of the day, it has to feel like a movie. Right. Like it has to feel like a story. You have to you have to sell people on the story and you don't want it to just feel like a commentary, you know, like a right. And for me, I think it didn't ultimately deliver narratively in a way that I felt like it wasn't just like a preachy, you know, like something, you know, somebody's some beliefs about wealth and you know who 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 really deserves what and you know it just it felt kind of preachy and kind of and i just felt like there was for a while it it was riding that line and then i was like oh it you know it seems to be self-aware of all that it seems to be offering like counterpoints and characters that represent different sides of things right. and it, it was working for me as a story and then at some point i feel like it I wanted it to go a couple steps further and it didn't, it kind of, it stayed at one place and without getting into any of those details. So it kind of reminded me of, um, I don't know if you saw this movie. It's called don't look up. It was released on Netflix. It was by Adam McKay. You know, I never, uh, I, seen some of it but not all of it. yeah essentially it was like the world is going to yeah. end because this thing's going to get Your us fate. but um but it was like is it is a comedy in a way but it's about how like basically the media and politicians just convince everybody to ignore this oncoming problem to the point that the world is destroyed and everybody dies and so the thing i didn't really like about that movie though i appreciate its humor to a point is that it's just so cynical and pessimistic that even it's hard to appreciate the humor of it because it's so depressing and there's some shades of that here for me it's like what you're kind of highlighting about how the world works is so depressing right, that, yeah. that I have a hard time enjoying the comedy. Please don't point out my shortcomings. <laughs> right, right, right. And so, like, there's I get that every day in the mirror. That here. And then my last point, just to put one more thing out there, okay. is that, and I know I'm, I'm rambling now, no, but you're all right. um, 
if I'm thinking about whether or not I like this movie, so this will be me kind of finally sure. underlying this, is that I think um, this movie at the end of the day is trying to have a similar kind of conversation that um, the movie Parasite, Best Picture winner Parasite is having. And I think Parasite oh. does it way, way, way better in terms in all the ways I just talked about. Like it's more of a story, like it works as a story and it works as a commentary on right. these social issues. Where this one I feel like it, it didn't quite come to, or it loses its narrative thread a little bit partly because it's this three-act structure where they're kind of some big leaps in terms right. of, um, you know, who we're with and what's going on. But um, it loses its narrative thread for me, and then it becomes more about, like, the, I don't know, the kinds of social issue points it's trying to make or, or not make or the question it's trying to raise. I just feel like Parasite did it better. Um, and not that movies can't try to do similar things, but right. I love Parasite. I thought that was a great movie. It's a very good movie. And I, this is not in the same ballpark for me, though okay. I do like a lot of parts of it. Okay. So we're too. so if nacho cheese is <laughs> like an A or whatever, and sweet chili is this triangle of sadness F. Um, where's this? Where's this movie falling? It's for not you? one is of the. Ta- sh- feels like a taco for you. It's not one of the shoe ins that you know. It's not a cool ranch or a nacho cheese. Yeah. It. I think it's a flaming hot cool ranch. <laughs> Because it has that extreme side that yeah. you might not want. Okay. But there is a good, there's a good, there's a lot of good stuff yeah. on the baseline. You know, there's yeah. good performances, great script. good. But then there's this extreme element to it that I think pushes it too far. Okay. In a couple directions. Um, so it's a flaming hot cool ranch. It's a flaming hot cool ranch. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's where I'm putting it. How do you feel about the movie overall? Um... I feel like I possibly liked it a little more than you. Yeah. Um, but I'm also like, um, agree with like uh, a lot of what you said. And as I mentioned, like I wish the movie, cause I loved the first act, um, and parts of the second and parts of the third, but I wish, um, I wish it would have been the whole movie would have been more like the first act of the movie. Sure. Um, and so, um, there's that. Uh, and I do feel like it. it, it is, um, I don't want to say trying so hard or hitting you over the head so much with like no. this. Yeah. Not hitting over the head. But, so. um, it does feel like, a, like, I do feel like you're like, gosh, like this is, this is kind of sad. <laughs> you know, like this yeah. is like, um, not that movies can't be sad. I'm no, not no, 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 like, no, no, no. But like sad in a different, like, yeah, it's um, depressing. It, correct. Yeah. And so, um, which is, I'm sure, what he's trying to right. highlight. And there what, were, the, what the filmmakers right. trying to show. And there's some, uh, some characters that I feel like have like these redeeming values to them a little bit yeah. that are part on, uh, on the yacht that we meet. And even Carl and Yaya, um, who I do feel like are uh, your two main characters that you, you kind of are like, how much do I really like these two? You grow to kind of like them. Um, but also, um, I don't know. Yeah, I'm so I'm with Dave a little bit on like 
it feels like maybe a little too uh, heavy-handed where you at, at times, or you're wanting to hear like a little more of the other side of yeah. the story. And it, or it doesn't offer it doesn't offer a suggestion for like an alternative. Not that it needs to like right. solve this problem it's trying to highlight, but it's like it really gives you no ray of light at any point. It's just like right, this is yeah. a dark, like we are. It's a dark reality we're all living in. Correct. And, uh, correct. That's yeah. just how it is. That's kind of how it feels. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Um, so uh, so this. For me, so if I'm looking at the Dorito bags in front of me here. Yeah, what are we talking? You're talking a uh, spicy nacho? Well, we had, I, um, it's better than a flaming Hot, I guess, for me. Maybe it's a spicy nacho um, sure. because of, I do like it, but yeah. there's a kick to it, and uh, <laughs> I don't know if I could eat the whole bag, you know? <laughs> how, how hard can we abuse these metaphors? <laughs> but um, Pretty good. Pretty good job, I think, considering right, yeah. those on the fly. So it's, now again, when we're talking, <laughs> Dave and I maybe have seen we've added to our list, but we're only saying out of all the movies released in 2022, we've only still like seen 20. So even if I said right. triangle of sadness would be in my top 10, I don't even know what I'm really saying because <laughs> I've only seen 20 <laughs> movies. Yeah. Um, so, but this movie and I'm not going into it right now. Uh, but I did mention, I saw Babylon. I'm having a similar reaction okay. to Babylon. And I've not seen Babylon. Right. As, um, as where Babylon. there's parts of it, I really liked in Babylon sure. and some other things that are very much like the seasickness on the boat and, or a yeah. little too depressing, yeah. like with how their, their take on the, that situation. Uh, and Babylon came out on uh, Christmas day, which was, if you haven't listened to that podcast, the movies to see on Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we didn't mention Babylon. <laughs> we did not. That uh, was kind of the reason for it a little bit. Um, and, and this is also an, and, I'm going to lump one other movie in there that we did mention or discuss briefly, and that's E E A A O, everything, everywhere, all at once. For me, like just because um, there's parts of it I liked, I'm still like thinking through it. It didn't, and if I, it didn't have anything that like grossed me out. Every uh, obviously uh, in that movie, but there did have some things in it where I just didn't uh, sit well with me, whatever. And maybe it was just like the over overdoneness of the multiverse stuff but oh you're uh, saying those three movies are, are occupying a similar middle ground correct okay, okay, yes gotcha. yeah um none of those movies would be my favorite of the year you know sure. and maybe um, you've already clarified this to our listeners yeah. in the oscar episode again yeah. we're talking about this now after the oscars <laughs> but before so maybe you've already heard mark explain some of this <laughs> about his favorites but oh right in case yeah, he's yeah. doubling down just remember I that forgot. We're, it's pre-crime pre unit this is a time traveling kind of episode <laughs> We're in that the past. True. You're in the Flaming future. Flaming Hot the, Doritos haven't even come out yet. <laughs> <laughs> I got one final question for you. And this was like, as, after I finished the movie, I jotted this yeah. down because I, I think it's a good one as a kind of a post Oscars question too. Oh, sure. Which is having seen this movie. Um, and we both mentioned when we saw it in the list of nominees back, you know, a month or two ago yeah. that it was a surprise to see this movie on the list because we hadn't didn't know anything about it. Correct. And then we that's when we started trying to figure out what what what, what it was. <laughs> like yeah. what, what, what is so, the thing? In hindsight, now that you've seen it and mm -hmm. I know the Oscars are over, but um, are you surprised that this movie was nominated? Now that you've seen it and you've seen so many of the other movies in the best, like, um, does this feel like the kind of movie that gets a best picture nomination well, to you? And maybe I'm showing my hand because I feel like after I saw it, I was like, I'm surprised this got nominated for best picture, which isn't to say it's it's so bad that I'm surprised. No, um, it just doesn't really feel like the kind of movie that would get such a big 
I'm award. I'm not. I mean, a nomination. I'm not surprised it got a nomination. Okay. Now keep in mind, we are talking about ten nominated films. Sure. It used to be five, but I feel like now there is like you. You made this comparison to Parasite. Yeah. So the fact that Parasite was nominated and won is, I feel like, is announcing like there things are changing. Like here's a movie that is having this commentary on something else that is going on and means something to people. Sure. And so I feel like, actually, this got a pretty good response, obviously. It got nominated from folks in Hollywood. Yeah. And it won the top award at the Cannes Film Festival. Uh, and I do feel like sure. Ruben Oslin, he actually had one there before for another movie called The Square. Okay. So I feel like he... So a known quantity, him, kind of. Him getting nominated as, the, as the, that last best director slot was more of a surprise than Triangle of Sadness showing up in the okay. best picture field. Because I think it is like, it's here's this movie and here's here here's the social commentary yeah. on... I see that. ...something else. And I know that they, they do pick movies right. for that reason. Like, they know it's important, and especially right. in the recent years. Like, like oh, this is, yeah. this is an important movie as opposed to... But I, I guess it doesn't even have that ring to me of... Uh, it's like the commentary isn't isn't pointed enough for <laughs> what, right. I, what so, I take to be the Oscar sensibility. Right. Now, I can't say... I have no idea why this got nominated and Babylon didn't. Sure. Because I can't, but for me, and again, those these two movies are completely different, but they're, they definitely have things to say. And, and Babylon has a little more bells and whistles uh, in yeah. terms of like the You got your Brad Pitt, value. you got Margot Robbie. Yeah, come on. There's man. a couple bells and whistles right Oscar there. You got a former Oscar-winning director and <laughs> right. Damien Chazelle. Like, right. Um, and that, like, all but, it is up for some of the... Um, uh, you know, the below the line awards, as they like to say, but um, it is uh, right. I was like, why, why wouldn't that have gotten nominated? you know, and, uh, and again, who know you know, and who knows, you know, uh, what makes, what makes the cut or where, what did triangle sadness just slide in or not, you know? Right. Right. Or, you know, well, and then you got avatar too. You got top gun Maverick getting nominated. I mean. Right. I understand. Things changed I guess, a little bit. Yeah, I understand why those get in. I guess I can see the different slots right. they're trying to fill. But anyway, it just kind of surprised me having seen it. I was like, huh? Yeah. I, I'm not sure where that one fits into like the Oscars scheme. You know, what, what does it represent or what group right. does it represent or what? And I, I, I like what you're saying. I, I sort of see it now that you've laid it out that way, but, but it's, I still find it a little surprising having seen the movie. Yeah. So, um, yeah, any uh, final thoughts on Doritos? No, I, mean, or, I, I mean, mean the uh, little golden things? I don't need to tell people to eat more Doritos, <laughs> I, nor do I want to. I think <laughs> people should probably lay off. But The question is, once we <laughs> shut this off, are we just going to eat the rest of these Doritos? We probably <laughs> we should mix them all into one bag. <laughs> And then oh, it will give be it to your like, mom. It'll be like the, uh, <laughs> yeah. Then I'll regift it. I'll regift it, and I'll pretend like it was a great uh, idea. I want to keep some of these in the bowl because I I want to get uh, Kels to weigh in on this. Uh, I know she likes her chips and her her Cheetos, and yeah. so I'm real yeah. curious, especially uh, you know the Cool Ranch flame not and. She hasn't, you know. She's she had those. I think she's okay. had those before. She's not a. She's not a, a Dorito novice. Okay. She's, she's probably had more of these than I have, frankly. Okay. All right. All right. Um, anyway, we don't need to. We don't need to hash out no, our, no. our Dorito <laughs> logistics here. No. But, but to let us know if there's a yeah. worse triangle, yeah. of, a, a, a more sad triangle, a sure. triangle yeah. of greater sadness. Yeah. We'll uh, update that yeah. as we learn more. And and happy thank <laughs> happy Thanksgiving, happy, happy St. Patrick's Day. 
Jeez. What the hell? Happy Thanksgiving. When, when are we recording this again? Is it? Is this it, is, is it November? November 2023. <laughs> <laughs> sounds good. That sounds right to me. I'll uh, catch you all later. <laughs>